0: What is up my friends, welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 18th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. And I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, And of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is JP Donnell, husband, father, friend, Navy SEAL, and trainer of leaders around the world. In this conversation, we dig into how to lead as a father. We dig into redemption and how to have a conviction as a man that your role as a father and husband is a battle and mission worth fighting for. Before we get started, though, I want to invite you to participate in helping me. I created a children's book, The Adventure of Fatherhood, but I cannot bring it to life without you. I have a campaign on Kickstarter right now running through Father's Day. You can find the information on my websites, rebelandcreate.com or adventureoffatherhood.com, on my Instagram or my Facebook, but I need your help. I believe fatherhood can change the world and this book is a small token to help fathers see who they are and invite them into their role with their sons. I need you to go pre-order a copy, one for yourself, and one as a gift for a new dad. It'll take you five minutes and $20 to have massive impact. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support. Enjoy meeting my new friend, JP. All right, what's up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. Super stoked to be sitting here talking to JP Donnell about fatherhood. JP, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you doing, brother?
0: Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm doing so great. You know, already have a huge smile on my face. One, just making a quick connection before we hit record. And then I just love talking about fatherhood. Uh, It could be because my primary job is selling insurance. So that's why I get so excited to do this. But uh, when I connect with another great dad who's passionate about fatherhood, you know, you and I talked about it right before. I believe fatherhood has the power to change the world. So it matters not just how I show up, but how collectively as fathers we show up. I agree 100%. So, man, let's get into it. So a couple of quick questions for people to get to know you. I'm just going to rock a couple. How old do you find yourself today?
1: How how old am I or how old do I feel?
0: I, <laughs> I, I am 39 years old. I love people's face when I ask the questions like, dang, what what's up with this question? Okay, so you are 39 on paper, but how old do you feel?
1: Man, dude, there's some days I feel like I'm in my early 20s again. Mm-hmm. And there's other days I'm like, Oh, my dad was right. When you get to that 35 to 40 mark, like things change. And I've been a little rough and tough on the body over the years as well as, as, as you and I, as you know, just from us talking a little bit, but man, I, man, I feel good. I'm blessed. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, big picture. Uh, I am, I'm healthy and I know that my body and my health is what a lot of people would love to have. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thankful.
0: Yeah. Love it. All right. And married, how many years you've been married?
1: And we just, uh, we just celebrated 10 years. Uh, Ah,
0: congratulations.
1: And, uh, you know, most people know this fun little, well, it's not a fun little fact, but a fact that some people know, uh, my wife and actually, my wife and I were actually divorced, uh, for a while. Um, we, we got divorced, um, not too long after I got out of the military Mm -hmm. and, uh, we were actually divorced for a year and it was because of the grace of god um, mm. that he brought us back together through our through our kids and through church and through a small group at our church so a year after us being divorced we got back together and um you know we we're back together for years and then we got remarried um you know long longer after than we should have but um yeah so i'm just super thankful that Um, we were able to get our marriage back, get our family back. Yeah. Uh, I have an amazing wife that is, I mean, she's everything,
0: Mm, man, dude, what a crazy, amazing story. And, and, and I want to come back to that because really important for people to hear how many kiddos do the two you have.
1: We have three. So I have a 16 year old bonus boy. He's my stepson, but he's mine, you know, uh, he's, he's absolutely amazing. And then we have twin daughters that are 10. So
0: love it. Okay. Yeah. So I got twins as well and my twins are about to be 13 and then kind of crazy, but I was born on the 4th of July and I wanted a boy so bad. So I have four boys, four girls and one boy and God's super rad. And so, um, on my 26th birthday, the twins were born and I got a boy and a girl on 4th of July. So all three of us rocking 4th of July birthday, um, and my, my grandfather was a Marine. You'll dig this. My grandfather was a Marine and he has this American flag. It's like bigger than a garage door. So he'd been setting that up since I was one years old, taking pictures of it. So I got a picture of me in front of it every 4th of July. And then now I got every 4th of July. I ho- So my grandfather gave it to me before he died. Um, and now I hold my twins in my arms. And so the goal is to like forever have enough strength to yes. hold my Twins in my arms. So this year they'll be thirteen. I'll be, I'll be crank. I better do some push-ups for, for the next month. Um. Okay, <laughs> got, that's gonna be crazy. <laughs> so, uh. Okay. So twins, twin girls under ten. How fun! How fun! Uh. It's I know so I was, awesome. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so good. Okay. Love that. Now, before I kind of get into a few more of my questions, I just wanted to pause and really just give you a huge thank you. I was not in the military. Uh. You were. Uh, expert level Navy SEAL, our mutual friend Andy Arabito um, with Half Face Blades connected us, and yeah. so I just want to say thank you big time, man, for for your service, for you doing what you've done for our country, so thank that you. I could I could show up and, and have a conversation over a computer while we're on opposite ends opposite ends of the United States. You know, I think a lot of us take that for granted, the freedom that we have, and it's because of men like you. Um, who have really put their life on the line and 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 made a priority serving our country. So thank you from the bottom of my heart what you've done.
1: Well, I I really appreciate it. I you know I always feel awkward when people thank you for my service. I'm it sure was possibly, it was the best job in the world, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and I know a lot of other veterans say this as well. It's just like, well, thank you for allowing me to do what I did by paying your taxes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I just I love. I love that I was able to do that. It mm. was an awesome time in my life. It was a great chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss it every day, but it was a chapter. You yeah, know, you move on. You know, different chapters in your life. So I'm very thankful. What I was able to do, and that opened the doors to be able to do what I'm doing right now. So I'm super thankful.
0: Yeah. So jump into that. You know, what is it? Just in maybe like a minute or two, what is it that you do right now? to, you know, you served our country and now you're serving your family, you're serving other, you know, what are you doing right now?
1: Yeah. So I, I work Cliff Notes version. I um, I'm working for Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, two of my bosses from when I was in the SEAL team. Mm-hmm. They started a leadership and management consulting company. They wrote uh, two books that are New York Times, number one bestsellers about leadership, not yep. about you know, but it tied in our time in the military, but also it goes from what we did in SEAL teams and combat and training and how it applies to business. Those are you know very impactful books to a lot of people all throughout the world. And about five and a half years ago, they brought me on board as their first instructor. So I've been able to help grow the company as a leadership instructor, strategic advisor, and now I'm the director of experiential leadership training. Uh, which is a big long title that I have a hard time pronouncing. sometimes. <laughs> so
0: <I grew laughs> but you show this. up and get the job done,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, the whatever that
0: title is, cool. This is what I do. <laughs> I, uh, it,
1: I'm in charge of our um scenario based leadership training,
0: and yeah, man. I was checking out some of those videos rad. this week. So oh, dude, looks so badass, so fun. I was like, man, that'd be incredible to have your team, you know, like I have a team of 8 for my employee benefits business and just to show up to that level and 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 work out some scenarios and learn some skills together, looked incredible. It's, so, it's wh- yeah, what a what a rad opportunity. So, jumping into some fatherhood questions, you know, you've you've really throughout your life um been put up against uh opportunities to learn, right? I mean, learn or fail and the failures are heavy. When you think about fatherhood, right? After all that you have been through and then you show up to fatherhood, what's something you've learned about yourself? You know, I look at fatherhood as really a mirror, right? You have a stepson that you showed up in his life and you showed up for him and then you have your twin girls. What's something you've learned about yourself in the process of being a father?
1: man that's a really good question i don't think i've ever thought of that or had anybody ask me um <clears throat> i'm not as patient as i thought i was mm. you know there was times yeah. where uh, i kind of prided myself in being a super patient person i'm very tactical and strategic you know from my time in the military i was a sniper so i had that patience to me and then you know when i became a dad i realized oh i'm not i'm not as good at a lot of these things as I thought I was because I'm an emotional person. I mm. am a very like an emotional person. You spend more than five minutes with me. You're like, oh, cool. JP, not in like a bad way. I'm just a very emotional, passionate type yeah. of person. Love it. Well, that can be a bad thing. At mm. you're not able to control your emotions. Yeah. And, you know, I will say one of the things that caused a lot of the damage between my wife and I were me not being able to control my tongue me not Mm -hmm. being able to control my emotions and saying things that I should not be saying. And unfortunately, as, as a dad, I've also said things like that to my kids in response out of anger. And it's not a good thing. That's not a good trait. And so that's one of the things I really been trying to work on is just having patience. I, I, it's literally one of my prayers is like, God, please give me patience. Give me patience in my response to my wife in response to my kids because I don't want to damage that relationship. I don't want to damage like how they perceive me as their father. Um, I love them more than anything. Like I I can't explain how much I love my Mm -hmm. wife and kids. And I know you understand that same feeling, you know, our daughter um, was, is pretty upset about what happened here in Texas. We live in Texas. And obviously they, their school told them about what happened, which, (sighs) I wasn't too happy with that at first. I think I would have preferred that we had that conversation with our kids.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But that's a whole other topic for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Your systems right now. Yeah. Right. um, (laughs) So we're looking at homeschool next year. Anyways. um, You know, she was super upset. And I will say one thing that to counter, yes, that bad trait that I have as a human and as a father and as a husband is, I will say, I think I'm very protective in a good way. Like mm. I will do whatever I have to do to take care of my wife, to take care of my kids at all costs. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been in those positions and my wife is the same way. She is one of the hardest working people. I know she mm. will do anything for her loved ones. And we both have that trait. So I think that's something I've learned is like, no matter what, no matter what scenario or situation I've created for myself in life, um, because I, and I said, I created, because I believe that, you know, it is my responsibility to fix all the problems in my life and Mm. all the problems in my life I have created. Mm. Right. It's just, yeah. And um, so I will say, to counter the emotional part, I will say, I I do believe I am very, uh, good at providing for my family and, and making things happen. You know, one of the things, um, I've always kind of known as I was in the SEAL teams and I've said in business is you can make excuses or you can make things happen. You can't do both.
0: Mm, um, I love that
1: that is one of the things that my wife and I have been trying to kind of impose, not impose, but impress upon our kids is, Hey, you can either make excuses or make things happen. Like, don't complain. Mm-hmm. Work, And, um, you know, our son, you know, he's been wrestling and that's one of the things that my wife's kind of been hard on him about. It's like, Hey man, if you want to wrestle, if you want to be a part of the team, you need to be working harder than you're working. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to, win these matches just by gaining weight, you actually need to be working out. You need to be running. You need to be doing sprints. You need to be doing drills. And so I, I love just how well um, connected my wife and I are when it comes to the same beliefs and mindsets, when it comes to what you need to do to be successful in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To have that um, mutual mindset, With your spouse is incredible to have, you know, because not everybody has that. In a couple sentences, what would you describe the role of the father as? You should be able to provide and protect your family. You
1: need to be able to set the example and you need to lead your family. Leadership is the most important thing that you should be doing as a father.
0: And what does that mean to lead? Right. So we, we have, you know, a, a million podcasts, a million books. We have so many things about lead. And I think to some level, you know, we're really good about consuming a ton of stuff, but then that <coughs> next step after consuming is, is taking some action. Right. Yeah. So w- w- what would you say? You know, I mean, obviously if a dad's listening to this right now, dude's consuming and dude's like, yeah, well, I want to be that guy. What would you say? Like, what does it mean to lead for him to walk into his home and lead? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that people confuse with um, being a a dad or a leader is, you know, like the dictator type, like, hey, you're going to do what I said. Yeah, I know best. Yeah. And yeah, as fathers, we at times do know best for our kids because we've already been there. But when you force something upon somebody, what are you really doing? Mm. You're just teaching them to conform. And
0: dang, yeah, Just
1: listen, mm-hmm. what you need to do as a father, and as a husband is you need to teach your family how to think, not what to think you need to teach them how to think critical thinking is a lost skill set. In all organizations and all families. Well, how do you how do you help your team with critical thinking, you give them the space to think, and you mm-hmm. give them the space to think through decentralized command. And that's one of our leadership principles. But That leadership principle for business applies to your home life as well. You know, think about decentralized command in a business aspect or the military is you want to empower everybody on your team to be able to lead. Now, it doesn't mean that they're all out there, you know, making all high level decisions, but they all have the ability to make decisions so that they can work through problems and situations. Right. You're teaching them. How to think, not what to think, but Mm -hmm. how to think, because, you know, things are dynamic. Life is dynamic. Well, it's no different for what you should be doing with your family. You kind of set the parameters. Hey, these are our beliefs. These are our morals. This is where we stand as a a family. Here's right. Here's wrong. Operate within there, right? You give them the parameters in which they can operate. Um, You don't want to be a puppeteer. I mean, think about what God has done. God did. He gave us the parameters. Hey, mm-hmm. here's right. Here's wrong. I'm going to give you free will to choose what you want to do with your life. And what, what Jesus also did is he shared stories. He never mm-hmm. told us directly. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, sorry, not never. Most of the time, there are some things he's told us directly. Right. But most of the time when he was talking to people, he, he told stories and the reason why he told stories is to get people to think, and when you're thinking about something and you come to the conclusion through a story that you heard it's now your idea and that's how you drive ownership and that's what we should be doing as fathers is hey you know this is what you should do and here's why this is what you should not do and here's why and allow them to create the how like how do they work through these problems <clears throat> as they're growing up So they, they can be critical thinkers. You got to give them the space to think, Um, you know, when you tell your kids, Hey, don't do that. And that's it. And then they say, well, why? And you're like, because I told you so. (laughs) That's a huge failure. You are totally, you are failing as, as a parent. And it's the same in business. If you're saying that to your team, hey, because I told you so, go do this because I told you so. You're failing as a leader. Yeah, yeah. But whether you're telling somebody to do something or not to do something, you have to give them the why. Hey, this is why we're going to go do this. This is why you should not do this. Hey, this is what we need to be doing. Hey, we're, we're, we have a vacation coming up. Okay, we need to be packing. Boom, I need you to pack five sets of clothes. Why? Well, because I told you so. All right, well- I know this is like a very vague uh, example.
0: No, it's but a great know. example. But
1: then you want to go, hey, the reason why I want you to pack five pairs of clothes is because we're going to be on the road for 11 days and we're going to be able to do laundry along the way. So we don't want to have to pack a huge bag. We want to be able to carry everything on because the rental vehicle that we're getting isn't going to be large enough for lo- five large bags. So let me know what you want to pack. All right. You go pick out your outfits. It's little things like that. You, you want to be like, teaching your kids how to think, giving them enough
0: information so that
1: they can put the picture together.
0: I think that's a great example because, you know, many of our minds might've been going through like these long sit down. Let me think of this stoic story to share with my kid. But no, like we're talking about daily practical things. And I think the important thing to go, if you're sitting there as a dad going, oh crap, I don't do that. It, it, think about where you're putting all your energy. The reason you're probably not doing it is because you're spent, right? It's, it's eight o'clock at night and your kid's asking your question and you're done. And you're like, because I said so, because it's easier. So it's kind of a cop out and, and we've all been there. So like, yes. we're not saying that we don't do that uh, on occasion. But the the idea here is if you don't have the energy to give your kids, you need to pull back on some of the energy you're spending elsewhere. Um, because you're creating these humans, right? I mean, we should be thinking about generations down the road. The work we're doing is setting them up. Um, yep. So, oh, I, as you're saying this, I wrote
1: down this quote:
0: "Life gives you the chance to train daily." Mm. That's one of the
1: things that Jocko said, and I've been trying to pass it on to people in all aspects of life. And it aligns with what you just said. Yeah, if you can give this crazy, you know, super awesome stoic story to teach a yeah. lesson, that's great that's also not realistic. Most humans aren't going to be able to do that. They're not going to know that or, but every single day life gives us the chance to train people through Mm -hmm. talking and stories and giving them more information. And you hit the nail on the head. It's like, if we don't do it because we're tired and you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'll be on the road for crazy amounts of time Mm -hmm. back to back to back to back. And I come home and I'm just, just running on fumes, exhausted. And, there are times that I'm just I need to catch up on my sleep. And there are times that I'm like, okay, I need to get up and be present. And so that's one of the things I deal with. Um, and my my wife's really good at like, hey, if you're not caught up on sleep, if you're if you're running into the ground, if you get sick before this next work trip, that's not a good thing. I'm gonna cover yeah. for you so that you can do this. So there is a balance you have to strike, but I think a lot of people are not present in raising their kids or teaching their kids about life because they're tired or wore out because Mm -hmm. of so many other aspects.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if we pause, we go, oh man, fatherhood and family is the most important thing to me. And our words say that a lot, but our actions don't always say that. Um, And that's what we're trying to show up is like, let's make our actions mimic the thing that actually matters most to us. Um all right so this podcast is called fatherhood field notes you're already doing it opening up your field notes opening up your life sharing wisdom for us all to gain and grow together but the mantra behind it is rebel and create now this could be applied to something small like i'm rebelling against being on my cell phone at dinner time so that i can create great family dinners or I'm rebelling against, you know, what the world says about, you know, masculinity. And I want to create a world where men show up and know what it means to protect, right? I mean, it could go anywhere. And this mantra was born to me in 2015 when I had a real identity crisis. And so this is really something that I'm passionate about is like, what am I rebelling against? And once, because I'm a warrior, I'm a man, I'm a fighter. I want to tear something down, but not just to be destructive. I want to build something beautiful, now that the walls are torn down so what is something that jp is is either currently or lifelong pursuit rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion
1: oh i like that
0: um just the the limitations that
1: society put on you based Mm. off your education your formal education Mm, i like um Hmm, How do I say this without coming off super arrogant? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I have a hard time saying what I'm about to say is because one of the things that we talk about is humility is the number one characteristic of a great leader. And that's true. So, okay. I can't find the proper words, so I'm just (laughs) going to say it. And if this offends you, I apologize. Um, It is not, my intent is not for it to be taken the wrong way, but if you were to look at what I do and what I, where I'm at in life, some would say, okay, JP's successful. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I hate saying that I, it drives me crazy, but where I'm at, at echelon front, as you know, one of the executive leadership uh, on the executive leadership team. um, I was a first instructor that Jacqueline Leif brought on board. Um, You know, Dave Burke and I have really helped grow, the company with Jocko and Leif and Jamie, who's our chief operations officer, the five of us, it's been an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is I have a high school diploma, brother. That's it. Like I graduated high school and I went into the military. I was an enlisted guy in the military. Jocko and Leif were both high-ranking officers. Dave Burke, who they brought in after me, and it was only and it wasn't because they were like, Oh, we gotta have JP first, then Dave. It was just a timing thing. I got super lucky, right? I was in the position where I could come on board, but you know, they brought on Dave Burke. Dave Burke was 23 years in the Marine Corps. He was a colonel, he was a top gun pilot, he ran top gun school, like yeah, insane. Yeah, he's the only human to have flown four different fighter platforms operationally. Wow, the top four that we have, he was in charge of them. So kind of insane, right? So I have Jocko Leif and then Dave, and then all these other guys that they brought on the team. And I'm like, for a while, I was the only enlisted guy, and I was the only guy that didn't have any college education. And that used to bother me. Hmm. I used to actually doubt myself. And, you know, I kind of did that when I got out and I was working at this financial company and I was doing sales and I was doing really well. And then they're like, hey, you should put your name in the hat for the sales manager. And I'm like, I have a high school diploma Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, but you have the ability to lead the guys around you. You know, if you just did what you did in the military, I think it'll be good. And so I applied for it and I got that promotion. I I was picked over guys that had business degrees and master's degrees in finance and, you know, and banking Yeah, guys with 20 plus years in banking with you know, multiple degrees and multiple masters and all this stuff, but I got put in that position. I got picked over these other guys. And so when that happened and then what I've been able to do at echelon front, I, I realized, yes, a formal education is good. I'm not knocking a formal education. You know, my sister's a doctor, you know, she's a surgeon. Guess what? She had to go to college for that. A lot of society put these restraints and restrictions on people based off the paper degree that they have framed hanging in their wall. And I've been able to be a part of a team that delivers more impact across the world Mm -hmm. than any of these other companies that have all their their fancy degrees stacked up. And I think it comes down to what you're talking about is taking action. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that... I feel I will continuously push against and rebel against is this, this mindset that says, Oh, you have to do this, this, and this in order for you to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. You want something, go get it,
0: man. I I love it. And and I really believe that what you're, you know, I, I hear you. You're not saying this is better than, or I'm better than, or I'm so awesome because blah, blah, blah. That's not what you're saying, but I think there's, it's really important for dads to hear because like, man, I sat around my high school reunion. I told you, you know, Andy or and I went to our high school reunion and I'm looking around and I'm like the wild dude, the crazy ass guy who's like, you know, (laughs) constantly in conflict with something in some level, if you want to use success as a term is the most successful dude sitting around this campfire right now. Oh, yeah. And and I bring it up, you know, because I want dads especially to hear this. If you have a wild son, support them and love them, because they do not have to follow the same track that everybody follows to have a great successful life. And I I think, damn, like did that guy have to have so much conflict with teachers and with with authority because people were pushing him into this box over and over and over. And the the reality is, is if they got him in a box and I've heard some of your stories, if they got you in a box, they wouldn't have a Navy SEAL out there ready to crawl through whatever, you know, and do this, that and the other. Like We wouldn't have that if if the school like let's I guess we don't have to blame the school system, but uh, it's easy to, you know. And, but I look at my own son right now, I mean, seventh grade, and I just had to go in the principal's office. I was there Monday morning, two weeks ago, going the way you handled this with my son is not how a son, a, a seventh grade boy should be handled. So, yeah. you know what? I've decided I'm taking him out next year for eighth grade, for with his twin sister, and I'm going to make the most badass homeschool, be outside, crush the year before they go into high school, because I don't want them to conform no, to, yeah. you and know,
1: that's what that's what my wife and I want to do with our daughters. Our yeah. daughters are like, nope, we don't want to go to school anymore. Our That's our, that's our daughters. Yeah. They're like, we don't want to go to school anymore. They're just, you know, they're trying to control what we learn. And I was like, oh my gosh, like our kids yeah. are getting that right now. Yeah. Aiden, he's a, he's a sophomore. He's going to be a junior. That's a different conversation. He wants to finish out high school, mm-hmm, which we kind of struggle with. Cause it's like, Hey, do we let him finish out high school or do we, do we do what we absolutely know is best, right? But there's a dichotomy there. yeah. Because do you ever really 100%
0: know what's best in life? No. Only based on the information you have right at this moment. We don't, right? Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is like, you'll see parents
1: arguing with each other over something that's not 100% either way. Or they're arguing with their kids over something that's not 100% either way. And it's just like, okay, why are we wasting this time and energy? Why are we wasting the leadership capital with people when we argue over stuff that doesn't need to be argued about? And the reason yeah. why we do that is because of our ego. So, yeah, that's one of the things that we're trying to trying to deal with. Um, so,
0: uh, Well, yeah, I love just, what you're rebelling yeah. against, and I love what you're working to create. I think it, it, it matters deeply, and I think it's important for dads to hear especially. Um because I want dads to show up to those conversations. I think too much of the time we've let mom just do it. And not that moms are an incredible awesomeness, but yes. you know, my son needed me to show up at 8 a.m. and talk to the principal, not my wife. It, it yeah. was just what was needed. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to jump into a couple more questions with you. Um, and so just kind of looking at your timeline. Okay, I heard you share a story. You're, you're 18, 19 years old you know, you're decided that you are, you, you, you're thinking, I think I'm going to go become a Navy seal. And the dudes at the recruiting office piss you off. And so then here's the statement that I heard you make. And I want to ask you about it. You said, I made my mind up. I am going to become a Navy seal. Yeah. So I don't want to dig in so much of the Navy seal, but this idea of I made my mind up and I'm going to become this, like all of us are becoming something yeah. But most of us are just letting the world dictate. I mean, we just kind of talked about how the school system does that, but us men listening right now, we're all becoming something, whether we're choosing to become that or not. So I, I want to ask you about that. If a dude's listening to this, he is probably striving to become a better husband, father, this conviction of, I made my mind up and I'm becoming, talk to me about that. How can dudes step into that and have that conviction? <laughs> So you have to,
1: so it, if, which I know you picked up on it and there's been a few other people, I didn't say I made up my mind and I was going to try to become a Navy <laughs> SEAL.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: There was no try in there. It was like, hey, I'm going to become a Navy SEAL. I'm. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm sure I've in other podcasts said, hey, I want to try to become a Navy SEAL or I had the opportunity to try out. Yeah, but I can tell you, I there was no other... M- option in my mind in regards to what I was going to do. And, um, you know, fathers and, and, you know, men in general, especially fathers, you need to you need to put a line in the sand. There needs to be a hard line on where you're going to go and what you're going to do to serve your your family. Mm -hmm. That's 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 what you have to do. Um, that should be your number one priority. Now, there are times that you're going to have to put focus on work over your family because, hey, if you're not working, you're not providing for your family. You know, And that's something that is hard. Like right now, I've been in that stage of like run, 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 yeah. run, run with work. And I've been gone, 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 gone. But then I've also been home this week. We're going to Florida tomorrow for a week-long vacation. You know, we have a two-week vacation in June and July that we have planned to go to California and do stuff with our extended family. Mm-hmm. So my, my kids understand discipline equals freedom. Like we're working really hard mm-hmm. so that we can have freedom to, to do other stuff that people would love to be able to do. And so what you have to understand is like, hey, what are you going to do? You have to, you have to clearly define what that goal is. You know, I look at it from like a land navigation standpoint. When we were land navigating the SEAL teams, meaning we'd have to learn how to get from point A to point B. You have to know where point B is. Like, if it's mm-hmm. not clearly defined, you're going to wander. Mm. The other thing that people don't really think about, Matt, is in order for me to go to point B, I also have to know where I'm at first. Yeah. I have to know exactly where I'm at so that I can start moving in the right direction. So before you can actually move, you need to do an honest self-reflection and say, okay, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at in life. Here's my capabilities. Here's my strengths. Here's my weaknesses. Do I have the platform to go towards what I want to accomplish? No? Okay, cool. All right. Not a big deal. But what do I have to do internally to better who I am as a father or as a human to have the platform? that allows me to move down that path of becoming who I want to become. And that, you know, you can't just go out there and and do it aimlessly. You have to be focused. You have to be disciplined Mm -hmm. and mindful of your actions before you start going to do something. And if I sit there and do an honest self-reflection of myself, I know, okay, cool. This is where I'm at in life. This is what I'm capable of doing. Um, You know, here's my skill sets. Here's my resources. Here's all the things that I have available to me. Cool, boom, I'm good to go. I have all the gear to start this land navigation journey. Point B is very, very clear. I know exactly where it's at. Um, I have my map. I have my GPS. I have my topographical uh, map. I have a compass. I have all these different tools that are going to get me where I need to be and make sure I stay on the right path. And as I'm going down that path, I also just stop and evaluate my progress? Am I ahead of schedule? Am I behind schedule? Have I actually been navigating slightly off a few degrees in the wrong direction? If so, over time, that puts me way off course. So I have to do these these self-evaluations along the way to make sure I'm going in that right direction.
0: Uh, uh, Man, so good. So I think a lot of men... I think we can pause and go, okay, I'm going to go set aside a couple days or a day, or I'm going to think about this. Okay, this is who I am. Uh, this, you know, I don't have the skills I want. We, I mean, that's already a hard step, right? And so we clearly define it. We do all this. Now, from your perspective, as a guy who like truly went in with having all brothers because of your, because of your choice of being in the military, I look at a lot of men and we really glorify, like, look at any movie. It's like the dude just rolled solo the whole time. It's just like this one dude who's crushing it. John wick, whatever, Doesn't you know, happen. how important. So if I'm listening to this, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm going to listen JP. I'm going to go sit down for an hour. I'm going to, I'm going to, where am I? Okay. I'm going to make a plan. Okay, cool. How important is it that you have a, a, a friend or a couple friends or a group of like minded dudes who, who are also trying to make it to a similar point B, like how, what percentage is that a key to your success? It's
1: like, cr- it's absolutely critical. Nobody gets anywhere in life mm-hmm. by themselves. Nobody. There was, there was not one mission in the SEAL teams that we ever did. it's like one guy goes,
0: yeah, you're like, Hey, you're going by yourself and you're going to be successful.
1: Yeah, all those movies—it's—it's it's BS, right? That does not happen. It doesn't happen. So,
0: so do you uh, think that might be one of the hardest parts for dudes? Is like, yes, I need to go like. ego. It's their
1: ego, 100%, <sighs> yeah, bro. Yeah. So people allow their ego to get in the way, and they're like, "Well, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't mm-hmm. need help. I don't need mm-hmm. a support group." Yes, absolutely. You you actually do. <sighs> you know, guys should be involved in men's groups. Uh, mm-hmm. You know man, uh, you know, getting involved with a group of men from your church, that's going to keep you on the right path spiritually. Right. Yep. You know, that's why there are guys that have workout partners. Hey, they meet at the gym
0: mm-hmm.
1: because Hey, if I know, Hey, I know Steven's going to come over to my house at four thirty to work out. Guess what? I'm going to be ready to work out at four thirty because it's an accountability thing. And also yeah. I don't want to let him down.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, and I know Steven's going to push me and I'm going to push Steven. Like, that's what we need in life. You need somebody to keep you accountable. You need somebody to keep you on the right path. And also, you have to understand, like, the the people that you surround yourself and the people that you put in your life are going to help form who you are. So you need to be mindful of the people that you're spending your time with. There are, you know, people that I love, good friends, but, you know, where they're at in their life and what they're doing with their lives, I don't spend time with them anymore. I just don't. Because, one, my time... Is very limited. I value my time at a very high level um, because I I can't slow it down. I can't speed it up. I can't stop it. I can't get it back. I can't yeah. make it up. That time is ever. It's always leaving me. Always mm-hmm. leaving me. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: I have to be very mindful of who I spend my time with, and it's just. You know, I'm not going to spend my time with somebody who's not pouring into me or not pouring into my family. Yeah. And my wife does the same thing. We're very mindful of the people that we spend our time with. um, And we're very mindful of the people that we partner with in in regards to business relationships, because you also have to be equally yoked.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: As well. So that's a very long answer to your simple question. So I will go back to it. And say, yes, it is critical that you have a team of people surrounding you to achieve success in life.
0: Yeah, I love it. So, just challenge to you dudes like, that's a huge area to reevaluate. It's like, okay, you don't have to hang out with the same people. You don't have to do the same thing you've been doing. If it's not serving you, and this isn't in a selfish sense, but if it's not helping you get from A to B to be the man, husband, father you want to be, you have to make some changes. And that is hard, but it's going to serve generations for what you want your family to look like.
1: And it's, I'm going to reiterate this. It's an ego thing. Guys think that they don't need help. Guys mm-hmm. think that they can go and do all these things on their own and you can't, and you're going to fail. And I'll share um, a quote. My, one of my best friends, dad said years ago, um, and I was, it's always stuck with me. Change your friends or change your friends.
0: Hmm.
1: So, you know, if you're surrounded by a bunch of duds, change them, make them better people or change the people you hang around so that they're better people to push you to the next level.
0: Yeah. Don't be stuck in that comfort zone. Oh, I love that. Okay, dude, I know we're running, we're running up on the clock. So I've got a couple more questions and I'll try to, I'll try to run you through them. Um, okay. This is like an extreme example. Okay. So it, it, an extreme example of your conviction for what you did as a Navy SEAL mattering. You're five days into boot camp and 9-11 happens. So there's this significant moment that's telling you what I do matters, right? So there's this moment in time where you go, oh my gosh, being a Navy SEAL, being in the military, serving my country, this matters. And I have this moment to look at for men who want to have that same like Being a father is so critical. The thing is, is it's this like, you know, 60 year long game of serving my family. So sometimes it just feels like it's just a heart and a drain. So if you're talking about fatherhood, what's the conviction, this thing we can look to this reminder to go, this matters, this matters. What I do matters. Showing up as a father matters. Is there, is there something that we can look to? To help us have this deep conviction that when I show up as a father, it's like, oh, this is a battle worth fighting. Yeah,
1: so I just, I just, I just look at my kids and think that Uh, it's not like a general thing, you know, so for me in boot camp, yeah, I was in my sixth day of boot camp Mm. and 9-11 happened and I was like, wow, this is real, you know, this Mm -hmm. is. Okay, it's game time you know, I just you know I just knew that things were going to be drastically different mm-hmm. and I think I'm very fortunate to have seen what I've seen overseas um, because <clears throat> I couldn't imagine <clears throat> ever being in such a horrible situation where I'm willing to give my kids to strangers Mm. in hopes that they have a better life. I couldn't imagine that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I saw that overseas Mm -hmm. where families would try to give their kids to us, hoping that we would bring them back to the United States with us. And that, that their kids would have a better life. And they're willing to sacrifice never seeing their kids again, never mm. being around their kids because mm. they love their children that much. So I've seen that. Yeah. So I think for me, I have the advantage over most of the population that I've never seen that before. That couldn't fathom to that, that 90% of the men listening to this are probably think I'm lying and making this up because in their minds, they're like, there's no way somebody would do that. It happened on every one of my deployments. Wow. Iraq twice, Afghanistan once. I have a multiple times where they're trying to be like, Hey, please take my kids with you. And you're like, I, I, I Oh my gosh. Like my heart's breaking. Like yeah. I can't take your kid with me right now. So I've seen that. And my kids know that. We've also shared those stories with our kids. Mm-hmm. I've showed my kids pictures of kids in Iraq with, you know, a dirty, dirty, dirty t-shirt and, a cloth diaper on that's disgustingly dirty, and they're barefoot and they're in the streets and they're smiling because we gave them an apple. Yeah. Right? They're like, wow, static because we gave them an apple. And our kids are complaining because they can't go get sushi tonight. It's like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck is wrong? What, yeah. What have we done? But I'm thankful that we have this life. Um, and so for me, I just, I just try to think of this saying and I remember it daily when I sit in my office right across from me on this wall is the picture of all my brothers, right? All, all my teammates, my platoon plaques, pictures from deployments. Uh, and it reminds me of how lucky I am. And, you know, I've shared this on a few different podcasts and, you know, <clears throat> the company origin, they, they kind of acquired the saying, they have big posters in, or banners in all their factories. Now, that say, we get to do this. And that was a, that was a mindset that I had going through buds was like, I get to do this. It's, it's an opportunity. And I think if you switch your mindset as a father to, I get to do this, it's a blessing to be a father. You know, now there's a burden associated with being a father, but it's a blessing. You know, I have friends that can't have kids
0: Mm.
1: love. They would love to have the kid that you're frustrated over. I, I promise you, right? And so the other thing that I am just reminded of because of what I've seen and what I've been able to do, and you know, I'm very thankful for it, obviously. Uh, I enjoyed what I did is my worst day is somebody's dream. Mm-hmm. Like, my, like, oh, yes. About, And I know people say first world problems, and I laugh because that's a real thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But truly the thing that, you know, my absolute worst day, the worst day is still somebody's dream. Mm-hmm. I think if we can remember that, it really puts a perspective that we should be having as fathers to where it's like, hey, you are given an opportunity unlike anything else right now. And yeah. it's your duty to lead your family mm-hmm. and you lead your family through love and compassion. And sharing knowledge and experience and giving ownership to your family and you know having fun because l- like life is way too short not to enjoy and not to have fun with. Yeah. We also need to learn to forgive. And you know, there's gonna be times where your kids frustrate you. You have to forgive them. There are gonna be times that your spouse frustrates you or does something wrong. Forgive them. Just forgive them because if you can't forgive somebody, how are you ever going to be able to receive forgiveness yourself?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Man, thank you for sharing that. And and you know, just real quick, just to connect with you on this is we moved to Hawaii a year ago. I mean, we're five minutes from the beach. My kids are a little frustrated because you know, high school wasn't what they thought, middle school isn't what they thought. It doesn't look like high school musical. So, what we're doing is we're going on a mission trip in two weeks as a family mm-hmm. reset. To go, hey, just a little perspective. Like, I just need you to have a little perspective um, for all of us. So, so I'm really looking forward to that as a family. Okay, you're gonna. This is gonna be a hard one for you. You're probably gonna have to pause for ten seconds and think about this. I know before you left for boot camp, <clears throat> you spent a summer, and your dad worked your ass off to prepare you to go. And now, if, if people want to hear the story, go listen to another podcast. You could dig into like the intensity of this. If you were to say one or two sentences to your dad for what he did for you that summer to prepare you for life, what would that be?
1: I'd just say, thank you.
0: Mm.
1: Like Thank you. You know, and it's kind of unique timing of this because my dad and I have a lot of friction right now between
0: Mm. us.
1: And um, when we went to church, two Sundays ago, the message was about forgiveness within a family. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I get it. I get it, Lord. I know what I need to do. And my, my wife and I, we talked about it as well. And so obviously I'd say thank you. And, you know, I'd say I'm sorry for just any of the grief I've caused over the years. And thank you for, you know, putting our family first. Like he always put our family first when we we're growing up. Yeah. And I think that's a trait that not a lot of men have. And if you can put your family first, you're going to change the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's like words don't do it justice. Like if you could see JP's face, his body language, everything is like those words are not words. Those words have incredible, incredible depth and meaning. Um, uh Okay, I know I'm moving fast, but I want to let you go. You said you got divorced and that you came back together because a small group at church and some other things. A lot of people mess that up. A lot of people look at the church as like just so negative around that whole subject. If somebody right now, if somebody knows somebody getting divorced, uh, which is every single person that's listening, how can, how did somebody show up for you that, that now te- tell me how I could show up for someone else? Because it sounds like there was, people who really loved you through the process. And I just feel like that's really missing. Like people don't know how to show up for somebody when they're divorced. So people aren't talking about it and there's opportunity for restoration. And so just, if there's one or two sentences of how people showed up for you.
1: Well, so I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is the, the friends that. Legitimately showed no judgment for either side that we actually needed in our life and the ones that did not do that. Well, guess what? They're no longer in our lives. And there's also some family members on that list as well, which is unfortunate Uh, because when we chose to make things work and, and, and say, Hey, we're going to do this again. It it was all or nothing. We had to be all in. Like I had to put Amanda and the kids above me, Amanda put myself and the kids above her. Mm -hmm. And when, when two couples do, I'm sorry, when a couple does that, when they're both putting the other and the kids above themselves, that's what breaks. That's what makes that
0: bond. Love it. Yes.
1: We're all the all the crazy? I mean, that's something we should be doing since day one when we get for, married. For sure, it's what you should be doing since day one when you start dating someone. In the matter of like, hey, I want to marry them. Well, mm-hmm. they're not. They're they are number one. They are. Absolutely, number one, because you you are grooming yourself to be the man that God called us to be, which is to yeah. serve your spouse. Right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you start serving your spouse. And so when a man and I started serving each other, putting each other first, putting the mission, right, our family mm-hmm. first, that's when things really started to change. And we, all, when we quickly filtered through, like, hey, if you're not on board with this mission, get out. It's black and white when it yeah. comes to that. Yeah. You're on board with this mission success, cool. You have a seat. You're, yeah, you're, you're on board. You have a seat. Oh, you want to put? You want to cause some friction? You want to cast some doubt in there? Get out. Like there's no seat for you, and there's no standing room available either. You're out. And we we had to do that, and it allowed us to to focus on what really mattered, which was uh, our relationship with each other and what we needed to do with God for our family. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't perfect. We made yeah. It-
0: had some hiccups. What I love about your answer is I asked about the people who showed up. And and I think that in in all aspects of life, all kinds of people are going to show up. But you and uh, your wife decided who you were going to allow to speak into your life. Yes. So so I think if you're in a situation, divorce or whatever, first, choose what you're going to fight for. And then second, pay attention to the voices. And then the voices that aren't part of the mission, they're out get them out of there. They're not serving you. And so I think that's really discerning, uh, especially as a, you know, husband and and a wife be discerning about who you're letting speak into this mission, this marriage, this family.
1: A hundred percent. It's, you know, we're all, we, we choose the echo, the echo chamber that we're in. Mm. And, you know, we, we chose to filter through that and make sure the ones that weren't supporting us were gone. Um, And, you know, the, the, the leaders of the small group, they were phenomenal. They would ke- they would check in on us. You know, we, we, you know, have good conversations with them. And I think that's good for a minute. You know, you need people that you can be accountable to, um, you know, and obviously you should be accountable to your spouse. Uh, but there's also, there's power, like we said earlier, by having support groups. And when we were making things work, we, We were accountable to each other, but we also had other people that we were accountable to, to check in on and Mm -hmm. look through, Hey, what was working? What wasn't working?
0: Yeah, man. Beautiful. Thank you for doing that work because it's, it's such a testament to people who are struggling. All right, JP dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for this time. My final question, 30 years from now, this is a legacy question. 30 years from now, you're peering into the home of your daughters and your son what is it that you see playing out in their homes? This isn't a financial legacy. This is your actions as a man. What do you see played out in their home? And you can pause and reflect and go, man, I, because of the way I showed up, this is what I see in their homes.
1: I well, see happy marriages and, and, and families, like kids, mm-hmm. right? You know, happy marriages and, and kids because, you know, we, we show our kids what's acceptable by our actions. You know, and there's times where I've, like I said, lost my temper and and didn't treat a the right way or talk to her the wrong way. And she would remind me like, hey, like we're setting the example for our daughters. Mm -hmm. We're setting the example for our son. And in, you know, in 30 years, I see them in very fun, loving marriages with kids and them doing the same thing like Amanda and I, we try, we have fun in front of our kids. We try to laugh. We try to joke. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, like sh- they, they see us like loving on each other, like yeah. hugging and kissing in the kitchen and just mm-hmm. snuggled into each other. And our kids are like, Ew, whatever, you know, but so like, good. Though. And, and we tell them like, Hey, this is, this is what a, a husband and wife are supposed to do. We love yeah. each other. Like we do it in public, not like crazy, like public display of affection, but like, we'll love on each other. Like I'll, I'll pull her in tight to me. And like, you know, our whole, we hold hands, you know, it's just, we're, showing our kids what love looks like, yeah. you know, and you know, they'll be in church with their kids as well. And, um, involved in the ministry somehow.
0: Mm. Beautiful JP, thank you for your service. And thank you for taking all that you learned from that and then channeling that into the way that you serve your wife, the way you serve your kids, and the way you you teach and serve other leaders so that they can show up well for their businesses, their families, and those that they lead. Uh, thank you so much. I look forward to continuing to see all the great things that you do. And, and thank you for loving your kids and your spouse well. Such a testament uh, and encouragement to us fathers.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate
0: it, man. All right, bro. Until next time. Yes, sir. Ah, oh, my friends. Wow. What an incredible conversation. I so enjoyed talking fatherhood with JP. A couple of highlights for me were a couple quotes he said, you know, make excuses or make things happen. Dads, that's huge for us. Another was, teach your family how to think, not what to think. That's gonna take more energy and effort. But I want my son and my daughters to be able to think and process life and go live no matter if I'm still walking and breathing or around in their everyday life. So many good nuggets from JP. Incredibly grateful. Thank you to JP for his service and for sharing his fatherhood field notes with us. If you haven't already, please take five minutes and spend $20 on the Adventure of Fatherhood book, whether it's for you, for a friend. It's a great gift to invite a new or young father into their role. My goal is to really help fathers see who they are and connect them with their sons. Girl version will be coming out next year. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Net shout together Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you have a question about fatherhood or something you want to rap with me about, shoot me an email. Would love to connect. Ned at rebelandcreate.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay in tune with all that we're up to. Thank you so much. I look forward to hanging out with you next time we